1: You already
0: know everything they could teach you. You already know everything they could say. We are here to remind you what you already, already, already already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man she or him and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal person to person and that our bodies even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary it's important for me that that's something that has space here on vagina talks and at the same time I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from and i just wanted to let you know that vagina talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one so feel free to chime in as we go along without further ado today's episode Hello and welcome back to Vagina Talks. Oh my darlings. I just want to say thank you right off the bat. I just feel so heard and really connected to everyone that reached out. I just uh, since my last episode, if you're just catching me now, I just announced that I was I'm in the process of uh, consciously uncoupling I'm going through a uh, love gratitude rooted divorce and uh, was pretty raw last week, and I just wanted to take a moment and just acknowledge that and, and thank you all and honor you because one of the things that came back to me was I really kept saying, it's not just me right now. I know that. And so I just want to honor each of you as we continue down this path. Um, specifically just wanted to give a shout out to Rachel and Doug and Narissa and Danica, uh, people who reached out, um, in all the ways in email on Instagram, uh, text and the ways that people could reach out to me and finding me. So thank you for that. And I'm grateful for that psychic message, love bombs. I got some of those too. And, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to say that I'm really excited today because I'm, I'm bringing someone on the show. And she is a medicine walker. She's a medicine being and she has, I know, I know, like deep in my heart, we're going to find out more in details, but deep in my heart, I know that she has done the journey of walking away from what she was told she was supposed to do to walk into her truth and I'm excited to be with her today in just presence and medicine and 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 share our wisdom with each other and I'm sure as we do that um you'll get a little bit more of an update about what's happening for me in my life and I'll be talking more next week and all that stuff we'll take this journey together. So, without further ado, I'll bring her into the conversation with a little bit of an introduction. Hilary Booker is the founder and CEO of the Institute for Earth-Based Living, where she is a researcher, thought leader, and earth-based restoration guide, healer, chef, writer, artist. Her passion is earth-based food, medicine, and spiritual practices, and she is committed committed deeply to narratives and practices in communities that are unrepresented, Underrepresented and misrepresented in conventional health and environmental research, and to facilitating healing around narratives of violence and oppression. Her philosophical expertise is expertise is in hybridity and creolization theories in the Caribbean. Hilary, welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad to be here today. Mm-hmm. I asked you what your uh,
0: genital superpower was and you said, my yoni can heal anything. Yes. Yes. And I was wondering if we could just jump right in there and talk about what is your yoni in the process of healing right now or what could you bring it in to help you heal right now?
1: Where, What's happening? What's alive in you? Um, I am definitely in a yoni healing process right now. I actually am just in the process of getting ready to do an eight week marathon of a book that I'm writing, um, and hopefully finish that book. Um, (laughs) the ultimate goal. And, um, so as part of that, and, and the book is actually a collection of love letters, um, and, as as I'm writing that book, it's also my desire to do some yoni healing. So I'm just in the process of beginning um, a, a sort of you know yoni healing diet, and also doing um, eight eight weeks of yoni steaming every day. So whoa, <laughs> <a lot>. whoa, <laughs> that is
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> okay.
1: That is commitment. Just, it's a lot. Um, yeah. It's
0: be, I mean, it's awesome. A lot
1: awesome. of, a lot of rose, you yeah. know, so it's hibiscus. And mm. I think just, um, you know, in terms of, I think so many of us, um, who, who have yonis and, and it's not just the yoni, it's also, you know, feminine energy. We're in this re-emergence of the wild feminine and this re-emergence of the divine feminine and you know i am of a very strong belief that that is not relegated to people with a particular kind of body but to just the energy in general no matter what your body is you have masculine and feminine energy and so um, part of part of this healing for me is really not only about it's it's about accessing the yoni and and um, opening it up in in a in a spiritual sort of way um, to to be able to receive more than I've ever been able to receive. But I also am hoping that in that process that will help me to give the sort of energy that I want to be conveying through this book that I'm writing. Um, And that it will be a different way of conveying, you know, the wild and divine feminine, um, that I'll be able to put it on the piece of paper, you know, (laughs) type it into my computer, um, because I'm truly embodying it every single day. It's funny. I actually was um, talking to a very, very close and dear friend about this process. And I was like, I'm going to be a walking Valentine, just red <laughs> and, and It's just going to be red and pink everywhere, all, every day, all the time. Um, so I think, you know, I have felt for most of my life, I've felt like own has been pretty closed off. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she hasn't really had the opportunity to speak. Um, but also just to be, because, you know, mm-hmm. how can, how can we speak if we haven't had the opportunity to be, you know, there's this you have to sit quietly in order to speak something that's meaningful. Um, I'm a poet, so I believe in the economy of language. Um, I believe in concision. Um, and I think that there's a lot of people who talk a whole lot um, on, on all different sides with all different kinds of beliefs and don't say much. Um, and it's always my desire to say something when I speak um, and so I have found in my life that I say more the quieter I am and the more receptive I am. Um, I'm also an intuitive and and so I'm used to the sort of channeling of spiritual energy and channeling of spiritual messages and so that's all going to be part of of this journey that I'm starting to starting to embark upon over again these next couple of months.
0: Awesome. That's awesome. I as you spoke kind of a bunch of different things came to mind for me. The first thing I want to start with is um I'm pretty sure most people listening are familiar with the term yoni, but if they're not because it's it's so clear when you speak, you have like this very it's, it sounds to me like it's your word of choice. Like, um, yeah, um, would you bring us into this this language? What your what what's yeah. included in the yoni? What are we talking about?
1: Um, the yoni is a Sanskrit word, um, and I will say that it is the Sanskrit word for vagina. But I think it's so much bigger than that. Um, yoni again encompasses. The Anatomical Jewel. There's a book. Have you ever read the book Cunt by Inga Mosho? No, I've only ever like flipped through it. With, like, okay. Um, so if people are not familiar with that, she talks a lot. I mean, there's a ton of literature, but around this idea of, you know, the vagina, you know, vagina means sheath for a sword. So she prefers the word cunt because it really means... Um, You know this. It's it's more about the anatomical jewel and connected to the goddess. Well, yoni is again the Sanskrit kind of version. I think of a a term that's all encompassing in terms of this space that's not only a physical space and includes the entire reproductive system, but also is a spiritual space. Space is a a seat for for creation, the seat for all of creation, um, is the source of all creation is, um, both also receptive. So, so it's both highly receptive and highly creative at the same time. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, and that is kind of the, the short version of what I think of when I use that term.
0: Yeah. Um, do you? I feel like I don't know. Does the yoni, as in in Sanskrit, does it include the vulva? Is it like the whole kind of space, or is it my really referring to the
1: inside? My understanding is that it is inclusive of the whole space. I will say, I my how I think of it is inclusive of the entire right. space. <laughs> you don't know, uh, technically,
0: the term is right, right, but
1: I but I can't speak to the etymology of that. Okay, term.
0: So we're that's what you're using it to reference. And yeah. uh, great. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, awesome. Um you
0: have the other thing I wanted to ask if is you could share, I'm like curious, like what food are you eating to support your yoni?
1: Um, a lot of a lot of greens. Um, definitely a lot of greens, very much plant-based. Um the yoni loves foods that are mucilaginous. So, um, you know, things like okra and, um, definitely, I also, um, I have a thing about the vibrations of colors and, um, sometimes I suggest to people if they need to, if, if they feel like they're missing nutrients in their bodies, you know, eat the rainbow Um, but also if there's something that you're trying to manifest or, um, something you're trying to manifest that is clearly directly related to one particular chakra, um, to eat foods that are that color. Mm -hmm. Um, so even though, um, the yoni would be included in, and it depends on who you ask, um, yeah, (laughs) red or orange, um, meaning
0: root or sacral or like first or second right, just exactly. for just a little throw in okay right so um, red or
1: orange it there's also i mean for me because again this oh. is connected to heart um to the heart and to love um and the yoni really loves greens um and green foods it's i i can't tell you how many people i know who have healed all different types of um, reproductive issues and disorders and infertility um, by consuming a lot of greens. So there'll definitely be a lot of um, green vegetables, um, seeds, because, again, there's that association with the seed and, and planting and growing. Um, and um, also medicinal mushrooms, especially reishi, cordyceps, and chaga, um, maca, um, as my adaptogen of choice. Of course, medicinal mushrooms are also adaptogens. Um, and that's primarily what we'll be, and then there will still be, you know, green and red, so berries. Um, I am a medicinal cacao consumer, so mm-hmm. there will certainly be, <laughs> cacao <Okay. one>. um, <laughs> And, and those are the primary things, you know, very kind of basic in a lot of ways, but, but then prepared because again, I'm also very, um, I like things to taste really, really good. And again, if I'm, I feel like if I'm connecting with,
0: with the feminine.
1: you know, with my pleasure center, pleasure center that, um, you know, I will be consuming these things in ways that will, also be pleasurable to my taste buds so and I also I'm I'm also an astrologer and um, Venus will be transiting my house of pleasure during this period of time so snap yeah so there'll definitely be um pleasure involved
0: (laughs) (laughs) that brings that was like the other thing that crossed my mind so I was um I just took a a a soul journey, um, in the, in the preparation. And, um, a few months ago, um, uh, my, my partner, this person I'm shifting, we're shifting our relationship agreements with Kim, um, was in December that we kind of started this conversation of saying, I don't know if, if this partnership is, is the aligned thing now. Um, and in, in February, we decided to make some space separating. And I went to California for three weeks. So I just got back from that like a week.
1: Great.
0: And almost two weeks ago now. A week and a half. And, uh, and while I was there, I like had my own – it was mini, but it was mighty in its own way. Um, my own kind of sexual revolution just with my own self that when age. I got there was really yes. – was awesome. I like landed. I was ovulating. I saw a friend of mine who I just think – it's just delectable. And, um, we hung out and then I went back to my own place and was like in this space for like days. I was like really kind of connecting to this, this, uh, space of, of pleasure and desire Yes, was really awesome. And, um, and I was pleasuring myself and I, like much deeper than I have in a long time. And I like, kind of had this like pleasurable experience of like actually tapping the cervix and pretty quickly it was like a flood of memories that yes came pouring out of my cervix and I'll be honest I haven't made it back to the pleasure zone
1: <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like sitting spaciously and like letting myself digest um, that which was stored there and I've, I've actually just recently been like okay um, uh, I need I've been like I need to do some add some other elements, do some, do some ceremony and prayer. I've been yeah. you know, doing a lot more like kind of focusing on my sessions just at my root and like intentionally coming up to my cervix, um, yeah. before I even do, and I do internal vaginal work. I don't know if we do you not know if we talked okay. about that or if, um, Stacy told you, but, um, that's one of the things that I do. I do, um, holistic pelvic care. I do shamanic pelvic floor work. So I do internal work and I started to work my cervix a few months ago for the first time intentionally. Um, but even right now it's like, I'm not even, it was just like, whew, it was like, Whoa. Um, so that was, I I don't know. I just, so did
1: that feel like, um, when you had that flood of memories, did that feel like a release or, um, um, was it, you know, kind of like, A release of things that needed to go in your life, or was it sort of, um, you know, like the genie's um, lamp being busted open, or how? Yeah, what are the images that you would? okay so So let's
0: see flood of memories that kind of went a couple different places and then kind of stopped on this one and it kind of did a bunch of things one it was the it was basically the memory of the most recent time that I had really deep pleasurable sex Mm -hmm. and that the last time I had it what poured out of me was this like confession that I needed this kind of connection and affection and experience
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and so To get connected to that in this moment, it was twofold. It was grief, right? Over that the last time that happened, it was with my wife, you know, and this notion of just being like, I really like want this. And yet I don't like, what is that? You know, like, what is that? And, um, so that was one piece of it. And then the second piece of it was, um, again, just this, it's like, I feel this relief, like everything drops in me. It's just like, oh, I want that. (laughs) Like, oh, I want that. I need that. Like my pretending, which I feel like so many of us, like fucking no matter your agenda or how you identify in this world, it's like so many of us walk around in some way or another pretending that we don't that we're not sexual beings and that we don't need right. pleasure, that we don't need contact, that we don't need deep contact, you right. know, um, and the kind of time and space that it takes to have that be pleasurable. Right. Like that didn't, that yep. wasn't like just like a one, two, like that was this actually over the course of a couple days and this like whole process of this Yoni opening, you're talking about this like deep yeah. opening. It was like, then I actually wanted this deep experience. Um so it was both, it was this like release. And then I, it also was, um, and then also since then what I kind of backed off from that was like preparing myself to kind of go back in to really let go because part of what I felt was this was my, um, my attachment, you know, Yeah, like that space, absolutely. like just being like this, it's like a territory, like, you know, part of what's happening for me is that I just have, I'm having this deep reclamation with this notion of like, whose body whose heart whose sex Uh and just being like mine it's mine it's mine it's mine and like and I and it was it was so hijacked you know at such a early Uh age and uh just kind of culturally like not even letting like just even forgiving the like bullshit that was teen stupidity in a rape culture like that wasn't assault but wasn't I don't know. Look, it's like it, what, we just assaulted each other. It was basically what we right, we just like consensually right. assaulting each other. But um, you
1: well, know, just the lack of education yeah. around what is the experience that I think you know you bring up a really important point that you know how much of um you know early early sex is assault and and is it both you know all forms of bodies that are being assaulted. Yeah. You know, I think there's a whole lot of focus on um, you know, well women and and this is I totally understand it. Right. As a woman. <laughs> like that's like appropriate. Women don't and... know how to um connect with their bodies and we don't know how to say what we want and all of these other things. But again, how many men are actually taught that too? And again, getting back to my point about, you know, everyone has the masculine and feminine within them um how many how many men are taught that you know rather than this kind of forcing there's this kind of Mm. unhealthy you know well i'm the man and i have to force and this unhealthy you must give to me but what is the difference between that and i am allowed to receive pleasure from another person so the feminine energy again regardless of the body that Everyone has the right, I believe, to receive pleasure. And that's different than you have to give it to me. That's a totally different thing. But you are allowed to be calm and relaxed and open and receive something that is deeply pleasurable to you. Whatever that might happen to mean for you. Um, And I also believe that when we are able, again, regardless of who you are, when you're able to connect with what is truly pleasurable to you that, you know, when you're able to connect with your desire and be open to receiving that, that is a direct route to manifesting and achieving your destiny in this lifetime. So, Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> really, say it again. I can't, I can't, don't know if I can It's okay, read. with different words, just like, um, that's like, that's it, you yeah, know? Yeah, the idea that. You know, every, every human being is given desires. And I think so much of our culture is, you know, so many different cultures, let me not say one, but so many different cultures, um, because we all have many, many different cultures, um, you know, want us to repress and oppress Mm. that, which gives us pleasure. Yeah. Um, and when we tap into our pleasure, when we tap into our desire, and again, we allow ourselves to receive it. So it's um, it's a calmness, it's a gentleness, it's a softness, so that when we're able to settle into, not settle, settle into mm-hmm. our own sense of softness um, and our own sense of gentleness and then allow ourselves to receive that which is desirable and allow ourselves to receive that which is pleasurable that like I said is the direct route to finding your destiny and and manifesting it and being it in the world and making the world a better place and I that's a really really um core value that I hold yeah me too
0: you know what I, that piece of like, what do we want? You know, I took a lot of time. I lost my mind when I was 19, took like seven years getting it back. Um, and, uh, you know how that happens to some people Uh at different times. Um, Uh and, um, you know, I, um, where was I going with that? Um, pleasure wanting, Oh, what we want. I really had to train myself at that time to step out of my, what I thought I wanted patterns, right? That like what I thought I wanted was so far away from what I really wanted. And so to like untangle those associations. And so I'm in this process right now after doing all of this work and really bringing my consciousness down, literally down my body, tracking my mind for years, tracking my communication skills, building them, um, fine tuning them, deepening my heart and my love and which I could only do so far until my root healed, you know, until I got there, but Mm -hmm. kind of working my way down into this notion of power and notion of self and notion Mm -hmm. of root, kind of working myself down into that and then working back up, right? Like, and then having access to myself and going, oh, if this is the seed of who I am and this is my power and this is what I want, how does that change who I am in my will? How does that change how I love or what I love? And how does that change what I want to communicate and what's important and how I view things and how I'm processing things? And one of the things that has been coming to me is this memory of me being, um, it might have been middle school, but I think it was high school, being at church with my mom and going to the Mary Chapel, like going to communion and then going to the Mary Chapel, and getting this message. I was wearing glasses and getting this message so clear, just praying, getting this message and saying, leave your glasses, like leave your glasses will heal your eyes. Just like leave your glasses um, will heal your eyes. I love that. And I just prayed and wept and I asked for forgiveness. I tried to gather the courage and then I couldn't, I just, and I stayed there for a long time. I think probably most of basically the rest of the church service, like stayed there for a long time. And in the end I gathered my courage. I took them off. I put them back on. I took them off. And then I just, but I never put them down on the altar. Like I never crossed that banister. Right. It was like, I had that moment. And, um, and then I just, I just prayed for forgiveness, and I said, I, I can't. Like, I believe you, and I can't. Like, that's just yeah. where I am. And, um, and I, didn't, I didn't take my glasses. And, and what I've been saying, like, this past weekend that came out of my mouth, I guess at some point in the past few days, is just like, you know, what I want. Like, what I want in my life is to leave my glasses and let myself be healed
1: yes that's what I want
0: you know like that's what I want more than anything is just to like leave my glasses and let myself be healed you know Mm -hmm. and I I couldn't I was like I can't leave my glasses I'll get in trouble they cost money you know it was like all the all of the reasons why I couldn't leave my glasses you can't leave your glasses like go get your glasses right you know right and all that you know all that parenting I did for myself as best I could in that regard Mm -hmm. you know and um and just in this place where I am now of just being like I know what I want like, I want to leave my glasses and let myself be healed. I just.
1: Right. And trust that, you know, it's the trusting, right? That oh. the universe really does have your back. Yeah. Because I know for me, it can be like, yeah, 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 I know the universe has my back, right. but I'm just going to make sure I have this little safety net. Right. <laughs> what's going to happen? Right. <laughs> totally. Like, that's great. Yeah, totally. I believe it But let me just make sure, you know, I got my little first aid kit. Right, right, right. <laughs> I know, and I think about that. I think about what I've
0: learned over the past few years. I've also been having this experience. I mean, I had it, so I have a training, have a mystery school. Okay. That's the other cool. thing I saw. I saw you you founded this um this uh institute and I was like, Oh yeah, dude, this is awesome. So I'm I'm in the process. I have a have a program called the Training Ground, and we just completed our, our year. And this past weekend in the healing circle I had this experience um of of prayers being answered in this like I think it has to do with, I'll back up, I'll back up. A couple of years ago, I was in a session with my beloved Suki and she's a yoga teacher and she's just a dear friend of mine. And, um, and she, it was like, breathe into this, press your elbow down here. You know, it was just like, uh-huh. let's just get some. And it was like this, like, just like moved through me. And I wept and I wept and I wept and I breathed and I wept and I, breathed and it was like and then the shifting happened right like then this shifting happened in the the core of my being and I remember saying to Suki I said I had this memory I said I remember praying for this when I was a child and I had this memory from outside of my body I could see myself at Mm -hmm. four or five weeping and maybe older maybe six or seven but weeping and praying and asking um I had a lot of grief as a little tiny child and I didn't understand. I mean, it's, 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 it's hard for children when they live with a lot of grief because they don't. Yes. <laughs> they don't understand, you know, it's yep. like, can only yep. cognate so much, you know, yep. and I, and, d- you know, depicting the nightmares that I had or the images that, that followed me around have been really helpful over the past couple of years to see the kind of suffering that I had and, and, yeah. and my resilience, my way to kind of manage it and my courage and all of those things. But I did, I mean, I've, oh, as long as I can remember, I've prayed since a little tiny person,
1: yeah. it was my
0: favorite part of going to bed was when my dad yeah. and I would say our prayers and I'd be like, I want to list everybody. And I would just like, keep praying. I'm like, and mm-hmm. God. Take It was like my favorite part, right? It's like, what do I want to do? I just want to pray all the time. And um, I had this memory of the, at praying for this. And I said to Suki, I said, this prayer from when I was a child is answered. And I had this moment of like 25 years is fast. Uh-huh. 25 years is so fast. It is. Like for the depth of the prayer that was coming out of me as this little child, that was really uh-huh. the heart of me praying for just – Peace and wholeness and uh-huh. and relief and like all of whatever, that heartache, like Hashem, that like God understood uh-huh. what I was weeping for, you know,
1: uh-huh. and to have
0: that given to me in 25 years is like so fucking fast, like yeah. so fast. And so the other part of that trust that you talk about, which is like to leave my glasses and to leave them, even if when I walk out, right, uh-huh. my eyes, it's not that I have twenty twenty vision by the time I walk out of the church.
1: Right. So then the other question is, what does it mean to see? Right. Right.
0: <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, what is that? When, in you shape? Lose, yeah.
1: when you lose one thing, one sense, it opens up the other sense. Yeah. So I have a question for you because you have mentioned a couple of times about having these intense experiences and um, it's bringing up memory. So I'm, I'm seeing you as a rememberer. Mm. Mm. And so I'm wondering how mm. sort of being a rememberer is a piece of or contributes to in some kind of way your work as a healer. Yeah. Because it also strikes me that when you talk about, you know, doing the prayers and having the memories as a small child that perhaps there's. Past life work there, and mm-hmm. if you're a shamanic practitioner, I am making a large assumption that perhaps that kind of work is something that's at least minimally integrated oh, into I throw it on hard. What you do. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I want to know more about how um, memory and being a remember is it's... part of. Your identity as a healer—an
0: incredibly potent question. Nobody has asked me that or caught that in the way that you have, but I can say that I have a profound connection, literally, to the word "remember."
1: Yeah, that's what I'm and, picking up on.
0: And this experience of uh, so there's a lot of different things. Um, the first, <laughs> the first memory that comes to mind. The first thing I remember is, um, and I'll say this: I'm not the historian. In my friends or family, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not the person that people go to, to like, be like, when was, right. what did we do? Like, that's right. different, right? But to have yeah, these that's a totally different totally, thing, that's a totally different, totally different, different lens, gift and, lens yeah. and skill. Um, and yeah, so, so what I, I, during the Occupy movement, I was here in Philly, and I had this dream in which I, um went out of this house and found a field covered in dismembered bodies.. Uh-huh. And the whole dream was about remembering
1: uh-huh. the
0: bodies. Uh-huh. Um, and one of the primary things that I do in the training ground specifically, um, and I'm uh, is the the perspective that I work on is this um, what I refer to sometimes as reweaving our ancestral tapestry.
1: Yes.
0: And um remembering our ancestral practices
1: mm-hmm.
0: while also bringing through our unique practices alive and now, right? So right. it's not yep. just about kind of going back to when it was perfect, right? To like to right. but to to restore and to reweave or to remember mm-hmm. um to to piece back together um what I have found is that it's the, it's all there. It's like all uh-huh. there in, in pieces. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, and the ability to, to catch them and to bring them together is absolutely, it's just, it's really delightful to have you say that. It's absolutely, I would absolutely say, um, that's a large piece of what I do is I hear, I hear people's stories a lot of the time and uh-huh. where they think they're disconnected and they're all over the place. And I'm like, uh-huh. you just told me one complete, I can see it it's like I can see the oh. whole thread. Like there's the tapestry oh. totally intact. Um, and that I I deeply believe that I'm here um, to – and honestly, if I'm really honest right now, which just feels like very vulnerable and I'm going to do, and it's not really a question, but to like have that feeling rise in me like behind my eyes, I am stepping into the place of I actually feel very remembered now.
1: Yeah,
0: and yeah. And I, I don't feel – Um, the same that's my prayers being answered I mean I prayed to feel free my whole as long as I can remember to feel free and that was the experience that I had this weekend laying there and it was this experience like literally this experience I was like I experienced freedom like free Uh what free was and having this experience of I never expected to have that before I died ever. Never expected to have that experience. And there I was undeniably just weeping with gratitude. Just like, this is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. Like no one could have promised me or given me anything that would have made me believe it except for the faith that I had to know to pray for it. And part of my confidence is this understanding of what you're talking about in terms of ancestral lines Mm -hmm. and past life lines that like Mm -hmm. my prayers that are being answered right now are like, you know, we're 10,000, we're over 10,000 lives in here. Like this is the human thing is dear and precious to me. And I, I come again and again. And this understanding that I came, I came, I, I came on purpose. I came on purpose. I came here and I'm happy to be here. Uh, and being a human is wild and weird and it's also a gift and it's also an opportunity and it's also my work to be here in this way. Um, and I think that's, again, that's like why it's like that notion of like all I want. So that, so that remembering is, very, is, is astute, Hillary. Astute. That's like very, <laughs> that's, um, that's really my jam is really, really my jam. You know, one of my biggest things is like this idea of, um, I don't want to teach anybody how to do what I do. I'm like not right. interested. I just like can't yeah. don't have it in me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I just can't. That's like, I'll teach you how to do what I do. If it's a stepping stone. I will share some things with you as a stepping stone until you know how to be you and listen to your guides and your ancestors and your blood and your bones, right. you know, and your your song. And then right. like just sing your song like in your words and, and in your walk. I
1: mean I think ideal education is that sort of format where, you know, there's certain things that we all need to kind of learn how to do and, you know, you kind of walk with someone next to them and Um, Especially when we're very small, Mm -hmm. Um, even in terms of you talking about, you know, how your dad prayed with you, totally. You know that he 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 taught you how to do that, Mm -hmm. Um, and then you took it and did with it what you were meant to do with it.
0: Yeah, and and it's like that notion too, where it's like my mom, when my mom would put me to bed sometimes, I would ask her to sing my prayers. She, I'm sure she did that because she did sing them, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I have this memory of singing them. And I remember coming to her one time because she had all these lullabies that I loved. And as I got older in my teen years, I would say, teach me the lull- like. I want to know these songs. She would teach me them. Mm-hmm. And I'd say this one. I was like, I always get this. I, I hear it in my head. And it's like, Forever Can you sing it? And, yeah, ever sing it. and ever and ever and ever, hallowed will it be thy name. And it's like the Lord's Prayer, but it's this one yeah. part. And I'd be like, how does that one go? And it, she took her a really long time to realize that she just sang it, that she wasn't singing a version right. of the prayer, that she was just singing. She couldn't teach me that one. She taught me heavy lullabies, right. but she couldn't teach me that one because... She was just singing it. And so it's like that way in which she was teaching me then by doing it, how to just sing a prayer. You just take the words and instead of saying them, you sing them, right? right? As well as knowing a song and singing a song that you sing over and over again.
1: Yeah. I love that. Hmm.
0: You know, in, uh, in, I've been told that, um, either in traditional Chinese medicine or in China, I'm not sure which, I don't remember. It's years ago now that my teacher said this, which was, is that the heart and the womb, like the womb is referred to as the second heart, that women have Uh two hearts. Absolutely. Um, and so I'm interested to hear about a little bit about what I don't, just like, I think you'll catch it. Love letters, your healing, your weaving, your womb, and your heart song. um, Like, what brought you to, what's bringing you through with that, with this project?
1: Um, I think it's definitely, I mean, for me, absolutely the, um, there's a deep connection between opening the yoni, opening the womb, um, and opening the heart. Um, and the love letters are actually, the book is a collection of love letters that's meant to be a love letter, um, to the Bahamas, which is where I did my doctoral research. And the love letters are about my research. So I'm taking a very unconventional approach to how I'm, going to be sharing my dissertation mm-hmm. research with the world um, because I think it's much too important to be locked up in a very dense intellectual narrative, um, you know, in some space on the cloud. And um, I'm sure that a few academics will be happy to read the 300 pages of extremely dense intellectual language. But I think it's uh, meant <sighs> for more than just those couple of people. Um And so the book is also about my experience with the research Um, and not just my experience with the research, but my, i lived in the Bahamas for five years um, and, and learned so much and so much of my journey of life and, and healing took place there. And I can't imagine what my life would be right now if I, if that hadn't happened and if I hadn't been there. And it was, was, um, you know, a very happenstance that I ended up there. I mean, if anything's happenstance, which I don't think it is, (laughs) um, (laughs) but it wasn't as if I had this lifelong dream of going to the Bahamas and the Caribbean. I actually, um, you know, growing up, My family would go to the Caribbean and I wouldn't go um, because I had this sort of, I didn't have the language for it at that time, but I understood the connection between tourism and colonialism and, um, and this idea of creating a paradise for other people. It didn't really speak to me. So when I ended up in the Bahamas, it was shocking to me. Um, <laughs> cause I was like, you know, I could see myself, you know, maybe in like India, Europe, but the Bahamas was definitely not there. So, um, I ended up there and it completely changed my life in so many ways. Um, and in a lot of ways, really, it opened up a whole lot for me. Um, you know, being from Delaware, Delaware is not necessarily a place that I would describe as open. You live in Philadelphia, so you kind of probably have the same general kind of experience. It's, you know, to me, this is this kind of mid Atlantic East Coast culture is kind of closed and closed off. Um, and I've, I have experienced it as closed hearted. Mm. Um, and uh, Caribbean culture isn't like that at all. Um, and so, I I had to change in order to survive and thrive. And in changing to survive and thrive, there I connected deeply with a truth that I knew in myself and about myself. Um, and. The, And so that's my experience that I want to put into the book, share in the book. Um, But also, you know, that it was also extremely challenging. You know, it's very, very challenging. It's so many difficult experiences as I was kind of morphing or opening up, blossoming into this new and different person. Mm. Um, And that when I ended up doing the actual interviews and it's funny because again, I lived in the Bahamas for five years. I was still going back and forth, you know, for the last two or three years. Um, and I, the interviews that I did were over in the course of 30 days, right? I did 27 interviews in 30 days. Um, yeah, it was very intense. That was definitely a spiritual practice. Um, But when I went back and I went through the data, I saw my own life reflected back to me. Um, And that was such a beautiful experience. And it was also unexpected. Um, But of course, how could it be any other way? Um, And I had such deep, deep intentions for my research. Because again, you know, I come from a, a political philosophy, you know, a background of decolonization and um healing and restoration i actually and i wrote something recently where i talked about how in the process of writing my dissertation i moved from being you know very radical in terms of you know anti-colonialism to being radical hopefully in a good way about restoration and healing yeah um and that kind of shift Mm -hmm. and um so I had always had this deep desire that my research would be healing. Um, and so for me, the process was extremely healing. Um, and I think the, the idea of the book is to hopefully write something that will be healing to other people. Um, and, and in all kinds of different ways that, um, Again, you know, obviously Brene Brown has become very popular, but there's a lot of really good reasons why it's good that she's out there. I'm a big fan of Brene Brown. (laughs) Spreading the message that she's spreading. Um, Because, you know, certainly, you know, it's amazing how many people get into kind of the, the realms of social research and their heart is removed in the process of becoming a researcher. Um and heart is not part of research. Um, it's certainly not frequently part of research presentations, and it's devastating <sighs> because of how many people get into particular areas or pursue different disciplines or, or types of work because it's where their heart is. Um, and so I— It's a dismemberment. It, Right? It is like, It is literally a yeah. dismemberment. Um, and I actually have written about that. Um, but the idea of the book is to share, share the data, um, but in a way that's with my whole heart. Because I definitely, the whole research process, and it took me a long time to do, to do my dissertation. Um, I, I will say I, I what happened was they actually ended up having to change dissertations. And once I changed dissertations and um, did the dissertation, that was my dissertation. That was the dissertation coming from my heart. I mm. actually finished it quite quickly, uh-huh. um, but it took me a long time to get through my PhD process because I was so obsessed with not dismembering myself or other people or my research or this place, um, in the process of doing my research and my dissertation. And so, um, I've been really fortunate to, in addition to writing my dissertation, which I'm really proud of because it's really like three dissertations. Um, (laughs) I also, um... Created a spoken word version of my dissertation, Hmm. um, and I presented that in in Nassau in the Bahamas. And um, I also was extremely fortunate to receive a um, an artist research residency at the National Art Gallery of the Bahamas for a um, a biannual exhibition that they do, and got to create this. Temporary dining club and also healing space, which I called the Moonflower Room Hmm. for a month um, back in 2016. And so I've had all these opportunities to um, share my dissertation research in different ways. And this is kind of almost feels like the capstone, (laughs) if you can, if you can imagine having a capstone to a dissertation. But it was (laughs) sure, yeah. Just keep going. Oh, it was my desire to be able to articulate the message in a lot of different languages and a lot of different forms and expressions, which is also part of my theoretical background. And so it's what I'm doing to maintain my theoretical integrity. Um, and, and, yeah, to, to write with my whole heart, and about how it's the research itself is about people's intentional food practices and the relationships between people's intentional food practices and their journeys of consciousness and their journeys of healing and personal decolonization. And um, the book, <laughs> about, yeah, the book is about um, how it's about those journeys of of healing and restoration and decolonization and about how those stories also reflected to me my own journey of healing and restoration and decolonization. Um, So it's definitely a a wholehearted, wholehearted book. um, And I'm really excited about it. I feel it in my heart.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I do. Just like having that experience. Like, oh, whoa, whoa. My, my super articulate response, huh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. It's incredible. Do you have any poetry you'd like to share right now? Is there anything that's like, I'll make a little invitation, see if anything bubbles up.
1: Let me Let me sit with that for a second. Sure, there might be um, i I can't think of anything that I feel like this would be the right thing, the right time to share a particular thing. but I will um sit with that, and if at some point during the remainder of our conversation something pops up, you just let me know. Uh,
0: Cool. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm so, I feel, I feel nourished and more restored just by hearing the story of your story. It's like, that's real. It's like that, you know, that, that piece of, um, and I really, I can really relate to this, like, well, it, like, it touches the part in me that um, the, the like, angry like the learning process
1: that Mm -hmm. happened
0: and then becoming a really sanely angry person you know Mm -hmm. just being like yo this is literally horrible like Mm -hmm. colonization has been detrimental to everyone like this is a big deal um to go through that process and to, and to go, to go to it. But what feels like really true for me is like, and what you were speaking about in terms of like really showing up to it, um, and being committed to keeping yourself whole in the process,
1: mm-hmm. how
0: that, wa- how it walks into something that's different. Than yes. just being angry about colonization. Right. It's like okay, as you
1: as you heal, right. it's like what happens when you heal. Well, then you see it, start to see it differently. So that's when you know the lens changes. Right. Um. And and it's really, I think, the process of moving away from something and moving into something. Right. So that's you know the part that's the remembering, right? Or the right. That restoration. it's restoration. Mm-hmm. So that's why I call myself an earth-based restoration guide because what i'm really here to do is walk next to you as you work to restore your own sense of wholeness. Yes.
0: Yes, that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's um Yeah. Something came and went. I can just breathe see if anybody has something to say yeah, there's it's like it's it's like something that's right there it's it's this piece of um, you know it is it's that piece of. You know, when the fighting, when the like fighting, the colonizing, when the like heat behind that falls out for me was like, that, it just, I didn't, I just didn't. It's like that notion of like, I don't have it in me to like, it's just not there. But what I, but it's like, it, it's like that fire moved, right? And it's like, but you know what? I do have it in me. I have right. it in me to help people remember. I have it in me to right. create something new. I have it in me to focus and build. One of the things that comes up for me a lot is a lot of the news that we're, you know, bombarded by if we make ourselves susceptible. Uh, you know, in the process of a lot of us kind of walking that line of wanting to be aware and conscious of what's happening, but uh-huh. also being mindful of not just being constantly abused by media and trauma right. stories and put into yep. a state of, of activated PTSD. Uh-huh. Um, right. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Like this process um, that, uh, and then I, it's like, there you go. Where did I go? Um, so we're restoring ourselves, focusing on creating something um. oh right that it's it, the news is um, or like this idea it's like that comes up for me where was like it's not news there's nothing new about it right it's old it's old <laughs> This is literally, it's like, we're just, you're just watching footage of colonization. That's what it looks like. It looks like rape. It looks like fire. It looks like the destruction of our planet. It looks like, you know, uh, people who have tons of money moving it around between each other. Like, that's just what it looks like. That's just what it looks like. That's what it looks like. Like, that's just what it looks like. It's just, it's violence. It's, you know, it's oppression. It's silence. It's pretending that people have power. It's giving people gold stickers for, um, whatever you know people pleasing it's just that's what it is like there it is like there's nothing news about that and yet to honor for me that piece of like it's symptomatic right, right. to like really to be honest of being like and symptoms matter right? Uh Like, it's not like they don't matter. It's like, I always get mad when people are like, oh, well, I think that's psychosomatic. And I was like, well, they still have a headache. So what are you going to like, (laughs) as though it could, as though that somehow doesn't make the symptom matter. Like, no, the symptom still matters. And yet, at certain points, I think, especially as medicine people, and most of the people who I feel like show up to listen to me talk and have these conversations got to be medicine people, you got to be medicine people to give a shit about all the stuff that I talk about the way I talk about it as medicine people we're called to treat an aspect of the root Uh in a different way in a different way it's just different it's just different we're called in a different way there are people who are called to do palliative care
1: and Mm -hmm. that's real
0: and I'm so grateful for them you know Uh and like that needs to happen and there are people who are called to really go like I get it those are the symptoms and I have compassion for your symptoms but I'm I'm not it's not you know, it's like, you can use a couple of things you can do for your symptoms and what I really want you to focus on and what I'm going to focus on and what I can do is looking at this core, this core shift. And again, right. that's where that patience comes in, that where that faith comes in of just being like, I, that, you know, how we restore and remember our wholeness as a collective and create and really birth new cultures,
1: mm-hmm. right? And new, stories, and new stories, new histories, right? And that's, I mean, that's a huge part of my work. Um, is about how do we remember the stories and my work and also, you know, my work with people one-on-one and also my writing and also my theoretical work. How do we find this balance between being honest about the past and being open about the future Mm -hmm. Um, so that what happened in the past does not have to be a determinant of what happens in the future. Um, And, and literally, I mean, working with people. And again, this work um, and and the theoretical landscape in which I'm embedded is people rewriting their stories, rewriting um, and something that I have done too. And that's, it's a huge piece of what this book is about is how I've rewritten my own story about my life. You know, my the story of my life has changed. Yes. Um, yes. how I how I describe my life now is completely different than how I described my life 5 years ago. Um, and how are we as a collective going to give ourselves and each other the space and the permission to rewrite those stories in ways that honor everyone um, and make it possible for everyone to dream a new kind of future. Those are big questions. Those are the questions that are that really drive me mm-hmm. in my work and and to go deep and I, I am pretty unapologetic about a lot of things and, um, I'll, I'll, I can go into a lot of spaces physically, um, but also spiritually and emotionally and culturally. There's a lot of spaces where I go, um, that a lot of people don't go or won't go. Um, but I believe that we have to, if we're really going to heal. Um, that's kind of a, a signature of my work too, is that if we're going to do the work, you have to be willing to go into some deep places that you don't even know exist. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think culturally, collectively, we have to do the same thing. We have to go into some places that we don't want to know exist. Um, And it's happening. Some of these things are starting to emerge. and, And so for me, it's, you know, I hear people like, oh God, the world's getting awful and everything's chaotic. And for me, kind of sitting where I sit I'm like, okay, now we can start to do the work because now we can see you can't, you can't heal something that you can't see, but when, when you can see it and you can feel it, now there's something we can work with this. There's something to work with. And so I think that as a collective, that's what we're moving into a time of deep, deep processing and deep, deep work. Um, and, and it's exciting. I mean, which sometimes <laughs> I feel you. the judgment, the judgy part of myself is like, you're really not supposed to call. What? It's, <laughs> but it it's a exciting. shit show.
0: Why are you excited? It's like, exactly. well, it was just, now it's a shit show on the outside.
1: Exactly. No, which a it, shit was show it was always, We should show yeah. that we
0: know, an exposed
1: shit show. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you have to, you have to expose in order to, you know, Decompose and compost. Yeah. Recompose. Yeah. Yes. All, yes. All of
0: that. You know, one of my favorite things to do sometimes is to listen to the popular, to listen to pop music and, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and then like make these playlists, I like put them on like I have a a playlist on my Spotify that's like, I think I'm, I think I'm funny. Um, I was like, it's called Healing Session Playlist One, but I've never made a Healing Session Playlist Two. I just keep adding songs uh-huh. to the one playlist. It's just uh-huh. like getting longer and longer. And it's like a combination of like didgeridoo and bell tracks and then just like pop music.
1: <laughs> <Just Perfect>. like, <laughs> should become, you should, um, you know, get some DJ skills and start mixing that fricka, together. Fricka, fricka. Yeah, exactly. I think it would be totally popular because, first of all, I mean, anytime any kind of remix is great, and I think that kind of stuff. It's like, do you have, are you familiar with this um, like Indian dub culture? This Indian dub um, music movement. I, I'm like totally obsessed with it. I am about <laughs> to be. I am about to be.
0: Uh I love dubstep because I think it's it's the soundtrack to spell casting.
1: <laughs>
0: People have used to say to me I'm like they're like how do you dance to dubstep? And I was like you just have to pretend you're casting very big physical spells. And then <laughs> and then it will make sense forever, forever and a day. That's just that's what it says. It's the soundscape to
1: spellcasting. So I'm a huge yeah. dub fan. So I'm psyched about Indian dubstep. Um, yeah. So it's you know, like dubstep for your yoga session. That's how I use it. And it's yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. I will. I will send you some stuff. Send me, actually, some I stuff. will. Um, I'll connect with you on Spotify. You no, know, oh, be much so easier. Do that on the
0: Spotify. Um, okay. I'm Sophia Hoffer Perkins on Spotify, but not for long. It's a very few. This is all right. Well, I'll find me. you. You'll find me. You'll find me. I, am. Um, yeah, I, that's like a whole other, I always really wanted like a spiritual name, you know, but then always kind of was like really. Like, well, you do
1: because Sophia means wise
0: one. I know, so, which is why. See, I just released <laughs> an episode recently about where my names came from, my initiation in womanhood. And that one of the things I said was like one of my first responses when I realized that I had like had this massive initiation and was told what my name would be. And, um, and I was like, you can't, I was like, you're kidding me. You can't make my name redundant. That's like, you're kidding me. Like, I can't say that to people. Like I can't say that to people like mm-hmm. I can't, you know, but turns out I totally can. And I fucking love it. And I'm Sophia Wiseman, daughter of the wind. And it's awesome.
1: And I it's awesome.
0: It. Um, but I had this moment recently. I've always kind of had this like that debate of like, do you change your name? Do you not change your name? Does it matter? Who cares? Like this and that kind of all these back and forths. But it does. It seems as the years go by, it just feels more and more like one name is like a name I have a lot of affection for. Mm-hmm. And the other one is my name. Uh You know, and so Uh that's like a, that's a total side note there on finding me in the world of Spotify. But, um, uh, yeah, Indian dubstep. Um, actually that's another thing that's on my list. I'm going to make, I'm making an album. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a a soundscaper. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's exciting. It's like all happening. It's like, I feel like circles us back to like, what do we want? Right. What do we want? Like, it's like, we're artists, we're creative beings. Um, I just can I offer can I offer you a blessing?:
1: Yes, I would love that.
0: I just i I think about I just see I see you doing this yoni steaming. I see yourself like feeding yourself and doing this yoni steaming and this hmm this channel. This like and it is it's it's I can Mm -hmm. what I'm seeing is these like this the stacked tower the like the vulva and the vagina tunnel and the cervix and the womb and the the like channel up the spine and like into your heart and up through your uh, throat and like up through your mouth and like the soft palate and then like up through the crown of your head and this I just see this this being fed right like being fed from above and being fed from below and this just. This like, like clearing, just clearing, 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 and this um, like you said, it's like I just see this softening, and I I've been I've been really thinking about this phrase has been coming out of my mouth a lot recently, which is like we're either in our radiance or we're getting a request for healing. Uh-huh. And so I just see this place of just like this radiance, this radiant channel, this just this like radiant channel that's softening and yet in its radiance fierce. Right. So just this. So I just see that every day, this like this clearing and softening and and resilient um, and just the heart, the like heart song and the womb song and the throat song like this, just this. And that's what I'm seeing is this this um, as it clears this um, sinking, this like sinking into and then this like a like that one heartbeat, like the heartbeat of the womb and the heartbeat of the throat, the heartbeat of the heart, like becoming one like one heartbeat and from that place like the work and the the letters and the love and the truth like the the restoration through love through honoring through acknowledging yeah. just just pouring
1: forth. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And it's you you talked about truth there's this um kind of realization that I've had recently, um, and again, kind of moving from, you know, I tell people I'm a recovering critical theorist, um, but moving, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, moving away from criticism. And it's interesting because in the, in the critical theory community and the kind of political theory community, there's this idea that, well, we have to be this way because that's the truth. Mm. Um, And I had this realization that, you know, criticism comes from pain, Mm -hmm. and the truth can only come from love. Mm -hmm. And if you're not filled with love, you can't tell the truth. Boom.
0: You can't tell what's true.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. You you can't actually discern. You can't discern the truth. truth. Yep. So... So that's been a really important part of my preparation for this upcoming journey. Yeah,
0: that, and and the way in which the Caribbean culture prepared you, right, to mm-hmm. be able to see that, like, it's like it's like I have this image of this this culture heartbeat saying, like, oh, you want to tell our story? Yeah, you could do that. You're gonna have to be able to see our story if you want to tell yes. our story. You know, mm-hmm. so so let's do that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, what do you do to, you know, but yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's
0: like that. I think about it in like terms of uh, like when I work with the land, right, or like uh, at Burning Man, there's a saying that says the playa provides, you know, when it's like yes, when you're yep. in places that are really potent, you know, and it's like, it's like, I feel like the land's like, oh, no, I believe you. You can do that. I will help you out. And then like, whatever it's and then I get prepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right right. (laughs) to to my pleasure or to not my pleasure. Uh, I am those, those prayers or requests are answered. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that reminds me, do you know who Nadia Boltz Weber is? No. She is a Lutheran pastor in Denver Uh and, um, she is amazing. She, though, talks about how, you know, in her life, she, becoming a pastor was definitely not the first thing that she thought was going to happen in her life. And, um, you know, she talks about, she's a recovering alcoholic and she had spent her entire life kind of, you know, having this tragic sense of herself and feeling like it was going to be okay if she, you know, died soon. And, She started recovering and what she thought she was going to do with her life. She's like, and then God came and kind of plucked me up and was like, that's cute. That's what you think your life is going to be like. (laughs) I'm just going to go put you over here. Um, And that's exactly how she says it. And she's also a former stand-up comic, so she's also hilarious in her delivery and, and, like, curses. She's just I love her already. Yeah, definitely look her up because I think she's who many of us— would love to have had as our spiritual leaders (laughs) Uh uh as children um but yeah it's that same idea that well that's cute that that's what you thought your life was going to be like we're just gonna put you over here and this is what's really going to allow you to grow and be the truth of of who you are yeah so I'm just going to pluck you up and put Uh, you over here. I'm just going to put you over here now.
0: (laughs) That's total. I walked away at the end of after feeling free, what came through me in this place, what kept coming out of my mouth was I kept saying, like, I can let God do it. I can let God do it. I can let God do it. And then I was like, oh, shit. It like shifted. And I was like, I let God do it. 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 You know, that's like totally where I'm walking right now. It's like totally like getting plucked and. I'm in for the ride, which I've done before, you know, I think one of the things I've been thinking about a lot recently, which is like, you know, I really learned how to have the courage to let my life fall apart when Uh it was a wreck already, Uh you know, and, uh, and I'm in this really sacred, tender place where like my life is not a wreck. My relationship is not horrible. My, you know, it's like, I have this beautiful, Mm -hmm. beautiful life and, um, Mm -hmm. and, and to choose to let that go right? Like that, like I was prepared and, and, and learned the skills and, 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 and have the faith to let a really beautiful, precious life to say, to let that be the offering. It's like one thing to give your life as an offering to God when it's like fucking shitty and painful every day, Uh um, which I did, uh, and begged for healing and guidance and I got it. And, uh, and so when, to be guided in that same place and being like, I already did give you my life, so I'm just going to follow through on that part now. Yeah, <laughs> just, I
1: totally get it. I totally get it. We're like, well, you know, we've, we've been here before, so I know I'm going to be fine. So yeah. just, you know, keep going.
0: <laughs> here, we go. here we go. Walk in love, walk in love, walk in love. Yeah. Stop and look around, walk in love, walk in love. Walk yeah. love. Well, I have two closing questions okay. and one of, the, and you already kind of went in, I oh, got very excited when you were talking earlier. Cause I was like, Ooh, she doesn't know my closing questions. <laughs> um, but, uh, the second one is just if, uh, the, the second to last, the next one is, um, people want to connect with you. They want to find you, you know, you'll have the social media things that you put up and things like that on the, sh- in the show notes. But, um, you know, how do you, is there a way you want to invite people to get connected or anything you want to share with people before we kind of close out today? This is your, this is your moment. Here's the mic. Hilary. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, definitely. I have a website, which is www.instituteforearthbasedliving.com. So it's kind of long. Um, my um, business, my offering to the world is, the Institute for earth-based living. So earth-based Institute for earth-based living.com is my website. I also have a Facebook page, which is the Institute for earth-based living. I also have, um, a Facebook page, which is the Rose hip road trip, which is my current research project about earth-based food medicine and spiritual practices. Hmm. um, mostly in this mid-Atlantic area at this time. Um, and uh, what else? I'm also on Instagram. I love Instagram. Yes. Um, as Hillary B one three zero. And that's, my name is spelled with one L. So H I L A R Y B one three zero. And also Institute for earth based living. Um, and also Rosehip road trip.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So here's our closing question. Okay. <clears throat> Where are we going? I want you to help paint a picture of what this restored, remembered, cultured, um, like recultured, birth, new earth place that we're going that we believe is possible that we dedicate our every day to um you know that phrase of uh like if you don't know where you're headed you might end up where you're going Uh and so helping helping us get clear on where we're going what does it look like what does it feel like what does it smell like um where where are we headed what is this what is this restored remembered um planet life culture look like feel like
1: um, I think it smells like night blooming jasmine. Oh, <laughs> just one of my most favorite intoxicating smells in the entire world. Um, I have a deep faith that everything is going to be okay. Um, that I, I think that in the more immediate future, there's probably a little bit of there's going to be some challenges, there's going to be some rockiness, and there's definitely going to be loss because, um, you know, as a scientist, I I do still believe in um, the laws of physics and that in order for new things to come about, something has to die. And so I think birth is always um, a result of death. It's, you know, it's funny you talked about some people need to be palliative care workers and I believe palliative care workers are actually midwives. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually happen to know a lot of people who happen to be both, which I love. Um, I think, so I, I think that there's going to be some challenges, but ultimately I think we are moving into a world that will be kaleidoscopic. Um, I think we're moving into a mosaicized world. I think we're moving into a world where there's space for an interstices for love to move in ways that it's never moved before. Um, I think that... We're moving into a love where there's a a world, well, and a love, where Mm. there's a lot more spaciousness, um, where people are free to be everything that they are. And um, I think it's going to look completely different than what probably a lot of people think about when they think of what it means to be completely who you are. Um, Because... I think a lot of times this idea that, you know, I can be anyone I want to be sort of comes from the past pain of, I've never been able to be the fullness of who I've wanted to be. And so I think most of the release, most of the loss that I talked about before is just the loss of pain and the release of pain. Um, and I think that we're moving into a world where everyone has, will have the ability to move freely in love and from love. Um, and that everyone will have the opportunity to live into the fullness of who they are. I, I don't know that, I don't think that means that everyone will necessarily take the opportunity um, but that at least everyone will have it. Hmm. And um, and if they take that opportunity, which is true now, too, then they'll be transformed and be a different kind of being than they ever imagined they could be. And if they don't, they can't blame anyone else. So... That's kind of what I envision for the future of this world.
0: Thank you, Hillary.
1: Thank you. This has been such a wonderful conversation, and I'm looking forward to staying in touch. Yeah,
0: me too. I just want to thank everybody for listening and being with us today, taking this journey. I feel healed and nourished by our time. I hope you have been as well. Yeah, it absolutely. Is, uh, I, I, I love that. Yay, everybody's nourished <laughs> and healed. It's the, the, it's the future. The future is now. Yes. Uh, everybody has the opportunity now. Um. Uh, listeners I just want you to remember that I am putting together a tour I am coming across the country I believe I will be setting off at the beginning of May if you would like to host me and have a medicine circle in your living room with uh, 6 to 16 people be sure to reach out and let me know I would be happy to connect and see what's possible Hillary have a beautiful day thank you so much love and light and peace to
1: everyone So. Thank you so much for listening.
0: Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam.
1: Thank you, Sophia. <laughs>
0: Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episode will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it, and share the love with a rate or a review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at Sophia Wise One, uh, or come to my website sophiawiseone.com. I am Sophia Wisewan, Daughter of the Wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the best news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. (laughs)
1: y'all know you need to hear that though you know if you don't know now you know if you don't know okay
0: yo I'm so excited about vagina talks right now don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to
1: don't pretend like you don't know
0: you know